The Brand Ed Podcast with Robbie Fowler, Episode 78, Revisiting the Seven Deadly Dangers of Building a Personal Brand Business. Become a better leader, lead a better business, build a life-giving brand. That's what we're here to do together. Running a consulting, training, or coaching personal brand business and being an entrepreneur is demanding and often lonely. Before you know it, you're a passenger and your business takes you on a ride with little time to consider what you're building and why it matters to the world. Don't be satisfied with simply making more money. Let's make more than money by building a brand and business worth giving your life to. Welcome to the episode today. What we're going to do on this episode is take a look back on what has been one of the most popular series we've done on the podcast so far. The series is called The Seven Deadly Dangers of Building a Personal Brand Business. And we're just going to do a quick Reader's Digest of some of the points from that seven-part series. And then I'm also going to mix in a few things that didn't make the cut, that didn't make the series. So if you haven't listened to the series yet, you can go back and check that out beginning with episode 56. And if you have, this is a great reminder or this is a great introduction to that series. So the spark or the inspiration for this series I revealed came from a podcast called The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. Technically, that podcast had little to nothing to do with personal brands, but it does represent a world that I used to live in quite a bit. And what I began to see as I listened to that series is the number of parallels between the subject matter and the topics and and even some of the people represented in that series and really what the current trend to build a personal brand is. And at least seven dangers and similarities popped up between what is represented in that series, which is actually celebrity pastors, and what a modern contemporary 2022 personal brand is trying to do. And that means that whatever dangers may be inherent in the things that were represented in that podcast, those same dangers are likely going to be true for a modern personal brand because of those similarities. So that's where the inspiration for the podcast series came from. And I'll just run through those seven deadly dangers that we covered real quick. And then I'll mix in a few quotes and other thoughts that didn't quite make the series. So the first danger was the fact that personal brands have little to no accountability. Little to no accountability. That's part of the beauty of the personal brand, right? Is that you get to go do your thing. That's a strength. It's also a weakness because personal brands by nature have little accountability. There's no board of directors. There's no one built in inherently to hold you accountable. The second deadly danger is that personal brands play on a, what I call a dangerous field. And that field, like where the game is played, is the internet. And the internet is dangerous because of the speed of the internet and the, just the environment of the internet, that you can be anonymous, that you can just fling things out there digitally that may or may not be true in reality, but nobody knows because stick it on the internet, and we all know how that goes, that becomes 
reality. That becomes the perception, and then the perception is reality. Deadly danger number three we looked at was the fact that personal brand movement, as a movement, really, it's very young, and it hasn't been around that long. And then oftentimes, it gets led by those that are a little bit younger. And so the leadership, sometimes, the people, some of the heroes we might look to, they are younger. And then the movement as a whole is also younger. So we're not sure what really happens when a giant chunk of the workforce leaves the, leaves the workforce, spurred on by the pandemic, and then kind of follows this call to all go start personal brands. What's the long-term effect of that? We're not real sure. However, we're, there is a parallel, and that's what I was seeing in the Rise and Fall of Mars Hill podcast. Deadly danger number four, personal brands promise freedom, but freedom is dangerous. Personal brands promise freedom, but freedom, we know this, is dangerous. That's why a two-year-old has far less freedom than a 20-year-old. And personal brands, that's part of what makes them appealing, is you get to chart your own path, set your own course, set your own hours, on and on the list goes. And so it sounds very enticing to think Finally, I'll get out of someone else telling me what to do, someone else being in charge, someone else making you know, foolish mistakes, you know, bosses and workplaces, and I'll get to do my own thing. So personal brands promise freedom, but freedom is dangerous. It oftentimes dupes us into thinking everyone else is goofy or dumb for making these decisions or not taking these opportunities. And we think if I'm in charge, I won't make any of those mistakes. But they promise freedom, but freedom can be dangerous. Deadly danger number five, we said, is that personal brands place a premium value on producing, producing content, producing courses, producing things, not reproducing. The difference is equipping somebody to go do something versus just doing something yourself. So I can be a great speaker. That does not mean I'm great at equipping other great speakers. I could be a great consultant. That does not mean I'm great at equipping other consultants to build a wonderful consulting personal brand. There is a big difference between me being great at doing something. It's a whole nother skill set I have found to helping or equipping someone else to do that and to be great at doing that. That's a whole nother ball game. And it's much more difficult rather, just, rather than just saying, I'm amazing at doing this. Here's what I did. You should go do that and you'll become amazing. It makes it look like it's just a simple recipe anyone can follow. So personal brands place a premium value on producing, not reproducing. And that could be dangerous because it's just a game of production. Number six, we said personal brands can catch lightning in a bottle. You can. You can just hit the right moment, the right topic, hit the right note at the right time, and you can catch lightning in a bottle. When you take the speed of the internet, plus the fact that anyone and everyone can have a voice, you combine those two and say, therefore, you can reach, you have a tremendous reach. Speed, anybody can play, everybody can get the word out. So you can catch lightning in a bottle, but... Character formation never comes at the speed of lightning. Character formation, what's really beneath the personal brand, the person beneath the personal brand, you don't get character in the form of lightning. That takes time, 
that takes growth. And so that can cause some friction or a, mis a mismatch there. Number seven, we said personal brands inherently possess more raw potential power than a traditional brand. And therefore, power in the wrong hands can be deadly. When you stop to think about it, it's rare, even with huge brands like Nike or Apple or Google or Pepsi or Coke or some of these ginormous brands, they, they have a ton of power, but there's something unique about a personal brand. If I'm a consultant and I'm a personal brand and I work with someone or a company for a 12-month engagement and the, the relationship goes really, really well, what you'll hear at the end of that oftentimes is someone expressing gratitude, a client or a customer expressing deep gratitude for a person because it's a, they're dealing with a personal brand. It is very rare to say some huge brand like Nike changed my life. It's not rare to have someone say, Tom, you know, Tom Jones, the consultant, man, they changed my business. That was the most amazing experience. I'm so grateful for him or I'm so grateful for her. So personal brands, because they're backed by a person, they possess more raw potential power than a traditional brand. But power in the wrong hands, we know, can be deadly. So those are the seven dangers that we highlighted. There, there certainly could be more. One of the things we didn't dive into in detail in that series was just some of the tensions. When you run a personal brand, if you're a consultant, if you're a trainer, if you're a coach, if you're almost any kind of entrepreneur that's trying to get something up and running, particularly solo entrepreneur, here are some of the tensions that you're going to face when you do this. There's the tension of accountability versus speed. Accountability means you have to slow down and bring other people along. If you want people to have a voice and say, I'm not sure that's a great idea. If you want accountability, that means you've got to open things up to other people. Hopefully a select group of trusted people, but you got to open that up. The, the sheer nature of doing that means you can't move as fast as you could if it's literally just you. Do what you want, when you want to do it, go. So there's that tension. There's the tension of charisma versus character. Unfortunately, personal brands and our culture is really quick at recognizing and rewarding charisma. We are not nearly as good at recognizing and rewarding character. So that's a tension you live in. How charismatic and over the top should I be? Some are more naturally good at that than others. Some need to dial down the charisma. That's where you would need to put your effort. Some of us need to maybe dial it up a little bit, but you've got this tension between just being charismatic will draw a crowd. That doesn't mean there's quality behind it. It's just, you have the ability to draw a crowd. So there's this tension of charisma and character. There's the tension between brand building and ego inflation. Brand building and ego inflation, right? It's this tension you have to carry as you try to build a personal brand. Then there's the tension maybe of, we could say, certainty or confidence versus humility. Confidence or certainty versus humility. There's this tension of people thought this was a bad idea. I pressed ahead. I believed in myself. I wasn't going to take no for an answer. I knew I could do this. There's confidence that you need, but there also should be some sense of humility. All of us would rather deal with that kind of person 
if they're, if we're their client, if we're their customer, who doesn't want someone that you're dealing with who's humble and, and gentle? And yet at the same time, there's this tension of, yeah, but you need to be confident. You need to know you can do it. You need to be able to push through obstacles and challenges and see yourself as the champion. There's just a tension there between how do those work together? There's sometimes a tension also between punchy one-liners, very big in the personal brand space. You need some slogans, some bumper sticker moments, these punchy one-liners that you give either on a tweet or your social media or during a talk. And principled wisdom, it's a tension you've got to face there. Responsibility of me as the leader versus people that are in my audience, if I've, if I've got this personal brand platform, responsibility. What's my responsibility? What's their responsibility? Okay. There's the tension between just following your instincts, which is very easy to do as a personal brand because you're, again, you're not having to bring someone else along. The tension between just, hey, go with your gut, follow your instinct versus what follow instruction, follow the lead of others. Don't reinvent the wheel. There's that tension there between what should you just go out and do on your own, listen to your gut, maybe kind of go rogue versus, hey, someone else has already charted the course there. Just humble yourself, go listen and, and go do what's already been modeled out in front. So those are a few of the tensions that we may have talked about briefly, but that's what you're carrying with you and wrestling through on a day-to-day -day basis as you try to grow and build a personal brand. Here's a few of the questions that we just asked over that seven part series is we ask one question of why don't we care more and why are we so drawn to these real big personal brands that grow large and, and powerful and reach a celebrity level status? Why are we so drawn to them? Why don't we care more about the reality behind the fact that that's somewhat fictional, why are we so drawn to it? And what does that say about our own motives that we will put up with all kinds of things just because this brand reaches some sort of kind of celebrity level type status? Why are we so drawn to those that have those kinds of gifts and skills without concern for sometimes the character necessary to support it? So we get drawn to folks that can build this really big platform. They're charismatic. They're great at it. We just d often don't bother taking the time. We're just not as concerned with the character that you need to support that platform. The bigger the platform, the wider the platform, the stronger the character underneath it needs to be to support that. We just see this time and time again, and yet all of us, including myself, think I'll be the exception to the rule. Get me the platform first, then I'll figure out the character piece later. And that's unfortunately not the way it works in real life. Another question that we asked is, is it worth leaving some of these warning signs just uninterrogated? Just, ah, who's got time to ask those questions? I'm too busy in the thick of it, trying to build this thing, trying to grow this thing. We live in a hyper-individualized culture and we often just turn, to turn a blind eye to that. Personal brands, building a personal brand feeds right into that. And at times it's probably worth another cup of coffee, a hot tea, a walk around the lake to, to just give some, some time 
to interrogating that a little bit, just to ask some deeper questions. The reason for that would be that we've seen the damage that can happen to what I think are, in many ways, the OGs of the personal branding space. And it is the celebrity pastor that is out 10 to 12 to 15 years out ahead of really the current personal brand trend because they were going after and attaining many of the same things a, a personal brand often wants to attain or associates with success. Build an audience, grow a platform, have a bunch of listeners, podcast subscribers and listeners, have a content creation machine, get asked to speak and get speaking engagement, get bigger speaking, speaking engagements, um, get more notoriety and recognition, get more access to more people in the know, get, a, get around bigger names. So, th so the goal is to just up the celebrity status level of people that you start getting to hang out with, get book deals, turn the monetize those book deals and turn that into revenue streams, more book deals, more speaking engagements, build this thing up and grow it big. And there can be great motives at the beginning of that, at the outset of that. But ironically, what many celebrity pastors have already done and then imploded from is the very same thing that many of us in the personal branding space are, I think many times, unknowingly chasing after the very same carrot, therefore very susceptible to fall into the very same traps that imploded because we think that's completely different. And you, you take the makeup off and you go, whoa, those start to look very, very similar. Let's close with just a couple of the quotes. I'm not sure all of these quotes made it into the seven-part series, but here's one or two that still resonate with me. I still find myself coming back to these and, and chewing on these. One quote that really resonated with me is this quote, always ask, who benefits? Who actually benefits from this? Keep that in mind as you listen to pitches out there from those promising to help you build a personal brand, or it can be anything from get certified in this, become a certified, whatever it is that I offer. I think it's helpful to, to always ask who benefits. And that quote has really stuck with me. Another quote that I loved is, as this whole thing was exploding in the rise and fall of Mars Hill, so picture a personal brand that really begins to gain traction and just starts to skyrocket. It is a little bit of that lightning in a bottle moment. And one of the team members that's helping, particularly on the media side, add fuel to the rocket that's just skyrocketing this person's platform, the person that's helping this happen says, I mean, I was 23. We were doing all of this crazy stuff and it was working. And none of us were thinking about the repercussions because we never saw them. It's like we were pumping CO2 into the atmosphere, but we didn't live in the Antarctic, so we weren't seeing the ice caps melt. It wasn't until later when we realized people were, were listening and we said, dang, people are listening and changing their lives based on what we thought about 
for about two seconds. Keep that in mind. That one is humbling when you think about firing off a tweet or throwing out something that's j just a little bit of a shock jock in a talk or something like that. Consider the repercussions because people are listening. Some people may be leaving their jobs because you're quote about leaving your job and starting a personal brand business. Just be responsible with those things. And perhaps one of my favorite quotes, there were so many from that series that I think the rise and fall of Mars Hill series that applies to us in the personal branding space is this quote, we become what we tolerate. We become what we tolerate. And I think we could push that even further and say, we become what we want really, really bad. So if you're trying to build a personal brand and you've got some heroes out there, you know, man, I want what they have. We become what we want. And what we tolerate is often lurking just in the shadows of what it is that we want. In other words, I want to be like so-and-so. Well, they're a little rough around the edges. I'll tolerate that because of I want that. So we become what we tolerate. Push that further. We become what we want, what we really want bad. And what we tolerate about that is often lurking in the shadows of what it is that we really want bad. It will just cause us to overlook things and put up with things, sometimes in others. And then likewise, we're going to turn around and do that in ourselves as we're building a personal brand business. So there's a quick recap. I invite you to go back to that series. Again, would love your feedback on what resonates with you as you think about some of these challenges of building a personal brand business, a very popular thing to do in 2022. Thanks for joining me on this episode of the Brand Ed Podcast. I so appreciate you spending a little bit of time with me. I hope that this resonates with you as you consider what does it look like to build a personal brand, to be an entrepreneur and build a business, but to build the kind of business that doesn't just make money, but makes more than money. It's the kind of business, the kind of brand that you can say, I'm glad I am giving my life to this. And when you look back, you can say, I'm glad I spent my time, effort, and energy giving myself to that kind of business because I think it did make the world a better place. That's what we're about on this podcast. If this resonates with you, I would love for you to share this episode with a friend. Just click the share button on your phone. It's usually up in the upper right-hand corner, and you can share this episode with a friend. Also, you can get the word out by leaving a ratings and a review at Apple Podcasts. That's a great way to help me get this into the hands of others as we strive to do this together. Until the next episode, go and build a life-giving brand. Thank you.